0: Welcome to Open your podcast with an open and honest conversation and talk about everything from A to Z as it pertains to the LGBT community and beyond. I'm your host, Rodney. I'm
1: Marco the Prince. I'm Shazam. And I'm Solomon.
0: And we are on episode five. five.
1: Yes.
0: Five. Season two, five. season two. Let's it out there. two, a high-digit number um as you all know um support is helping us so we have our collection plate in the middle so if you want to help support the podcast you can get anything from a penny on up we don't care we just want you to support and if you can't support i'm sorry I'm to do that we have a <laughs> in the description box on every webulous to us on we have the click the donate button so please click donate and do all that if you cannot donate you guys That's okay. We take five-star ratings. We're five-star bitches. Mm. And we want to say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll take those five stars. Again, it's sharing. It's caring. Okay. So this is the announcement presented to you by Olaship Podcast. (laughs) How was your week Solid?
2: (laughs) My week has actually been pretty good. Um, I went to House in the Park over the weekend. Stayed for a little bit. Left a little early. Um, But it was a good time. I had a really good time.
0: Okay. Yeah. I heard about that. I missed it. I was supposed to go, but.
1: So oh, I so
2: I think, let me be specific. It was Indigenous House in the Park. So <laughs> it's different than the, the typical September House in the Park. That's at Grant Park. Okay. Um, but this one was at Piedmont Park. Um, and I think it's more of, I think it's supposed to be like how House began. Maybe. I don't know, but it was I don't fun. Know. But yeah. Oh, okay. right. it a lot was of a good time. People, oh,
0: so all the uh, people were there. Mm-hmm.
3: Except for
2: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: How was your week, Shazam? It was good. I went to House in the Park as well. House in the Park was... It was a great time. Like I literally just kept telling my friends, like, I love us. Like It was so mm-hmm. much fun. It was like... I think there was like a moment for maybe like 10 minutes where they did like this church set and people were clapping. Somebody pulled out a tambourine fans were clacking. It was amazing. And there were people from kids out there all the way up to like, old folks, there was this old lady auntie. She was on the Hill and she danced down the entire time I was there Mm. like dance down. So great weekend, great vibes after like recharging a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. going outside this weekend was very much fun.
0: Marco D.
2: Prince? <sighs> my, week was, uh, <laughs> my week was very long
1: <laughs> and dreading, but I also went to House in the Park. Um, it was fun. I didn't stay too long. I just showed my face and went back to the house. I just wasn't in a social mood. This weekend is my recharge weekend, so I'm inside. We I think a we all needed it. <laughs> I think we all needed it after last week. And how was your week? Rodney? Hallelujah
0: in the sanctuary. Cause I am going to give me a break. <laughs> and I'm gonna pray for the rest of my days. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I was like, how the fuck are we going? <laughs> yeah, so mental health is real, you guys. I don't want to share too much because I don't want to tell you why. But um take care of your mental health and do what's best yeah. for you. Don't ever apologize for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But enough of that.
1: Let's get to the show. yes we're gonna get into the streets so also during this weekend i um dived into the youtube streets watched a lot of podcasts and um one thing that i hate that the not all podcasts but lately you know it's been viral clips about people talking about red flags and what they don't want but i want to flip the script and talk about our green flags of what do we expect people to like bring to the table before they make it past the six months of talking and dating and all that um so I guess I'll start. Um, yeah, so my top five green flags, you got to be able to, to communicate. Um, I think that's very important um, and I'm not talking about like the good morning and things. I'm talking about when you're angry, when you're frustrated, mm-hmm. when you financially don't got it like you need to be you need to be able to be vulnerable in that space and be honest because I mean if we don't have honesty, we don't got anything. And then more importantly, um, I need to be able to laugh. Like, I'm silly. I'm childish. I, I <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> I, I, I'm childish. I, I like I like very dry sense of humor. Um, you know, just make it a fun, eventful thing for me. So what do you guys got? I would say when people always refer to what does someone bring
3: to the table, uh. I have this whole thing where I say you should be bringing a table with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we both should be bringing a table we should both be building a table Mm -hmm. so when we go to come together if we want to build another table now we got three tables and not two so I always think that anything that you're bringing or I expect you to bring I have to bring as well I agree with you on communication because it's easy to communicate when we're happy when we're enjoying each other when the sex is good when we got Mm -hmm. money how do you communicate when you're upset with me what if I do something that makes you angry? And I need to know how you communicate in that. Are you going to flip off on me? Are you going to tear the house up? Like what, how do you communicate like that? So I definitely agree with that. (laughs) And then laughing, like I think people take things way too serious, Mm -hmm. especially as um, gay men, sometimes we want to put Appear so masculine that we don't want to laugh and kiki with people, but we'll do it with like our friends. No, you need to kiki with Bae. Uh Like, kiki with me because if you can make me laugh, I'm gonna do a lot of other things.
2: (laughs) 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 things. I will piggyback off of those and I'm gonna add time. Mm, Um, I think time is very important. Um, It's important that not only that we share time, but that we, sh- um, well, not that we spend time, but we share time well. And so, well, like, when we are together, like, even if we're not doing anything, like, you feel good mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah. Um. And then intentionality. Like, you can't just haphazardly date me. You can't haphazardly court me. Yeah. Like, you need to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um. And then communication is important, but also have a conversation. Ooh. Like, yeah. bring something, like... Bring something of interest to talk about. Have some have some sort of depth. Um and I'm a, I'm gonna leave it with those three for now.
0: Oh, y'all said all mine. Um <laughs> I'm just gonna say let's be present. Um mm, yeah, This is really good. big for me because you can always have all the tables and things, but you don't be present when I just need you to be there. Not even just talking, just to see you there, like in the corner mm-hmm. when I'm just having a bad day. I don't wanna be bothered. I just need you there. Um, I think the people, a lot of people is missing that right now. Um, especially like I like we said bring being your own table. Cause goddamn if I can okay. bring mine, better have yours. Okay, we okay. <laughs> up in this bitch. <laughs> Ain't no <nobody> building <laughs> at this age, man. I'm thirty two. Ikea, neither.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> or Wally. You
0: know what? I'll take a little cute IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said. <laughs> Sarah got it in her pop. house allegedly.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so ain't too good for the Ikeas. <laughs> I like what you said about just like being there and being present. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of times we feel like we have to always be doing something. Right. right. Like, if I don't want to talk, I need you to recognize like, okay, Shazam not in the mood to talk. Like, he just need me to be here. I'm going to just sit this sparkling water right here and I'm going to just go sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank so you. So I definitely appreciate that.
2: But also, uh, you know, it's also nice when, you know, you're going through something and you don't ask and the person is just like, I'm on my way. mm
1: Ooh. That's well, my you can husband. Have anything you want.
0: Ooh. What Beyonce say? <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: your husband.
0: I'm happy. Okay. Happy. Like, like, wow. to see My husband.
3: That made my heart go to. It's like for somebody to recognize what you need and you not say it. But mm-hmm. you man, be like, you're like, getting hey, head you, on the spot, front and the back. Drop them
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> me Through the hole. Hold me like a pencil.
2: Hello.
0: If you just be like, "Bae." <laughs> like, we gonna have uh, to change the sheets after that. <laughs> I don't like to say, Daddy. I say, okay, Daddy. <laughs>
1: Daddy's a different level of. Uh, oh,
0: that's a different level. You didn't unlock the next level. But <laughs> they say in the church where you have reached Holy Spirit.
1: <laughs> 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 you are now
0: speaking in tongues.
1: <laughs> you gonna speak in tongues, right, if you come over here talking like that. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah, I just wanted us to get that off of our chest because I know, like, the, la- the last previous episodes, we talked about what we don't want and what we're looking mm-hmm. for. But we never really talked about green flags of what is required, or not for us, but just in a relationship openly. So, not an open relationship. Never mind, y'all know what I mean. We're going to trade places.
3: Go ahead, Shazam. I like the optimism. So, y'all know I'm a music kid. I'm always give y'all something, a situation with Shazam, something that's a little spicy, a little zesty. But today, we're going to, like... Take it a different route. Y'all know I like to be messy. But today we're not going to be messy. We're just going to take it a different way. So we're going to trade in places. Shout right. out to Usher. Usher oh, has been killing his Ralph's re- re- residency. If y'all haven't seen it, yes, go yes. see it. Being that man, handsome, man. Oh, not only is he fine, but he is talented. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he's actually getting his flat arts. But trade in places, our faces. So your face, your face, my face, Solomon face. In different spaces. So um, I think about when I first left grad school... And I have a master's in public health with a focus in administration policy. I went straight into the state house. I'm working with senators, legislators, lawyers, doctors, all these people. And I'm walking in, in Indiana, bumblefuck Indiana, by the way, small Mm. town. And I'm the only black male. Like, have y'all ever been like a black space in a white space? Like, how did- A black
2: face in a white space.
3: Yes. Like, how did that make you feel? (sighs) Because I feel like a lot of people, us, and I feel like a lot of the openers probably have been- the only black person in the room, black male, black woman, like only person in the room. And how do you navigate that? How does that make you feel? For me, when I first walked in, mm-hmm. I was a little intimidated. I ain't gonna lie. I got all these degrees, all this different stuff. And I then sat down and I'm speaking for people who probably will never have a seat at this table. So I feel a little weight on me because mm-hmm. I have to get my words across appropriately. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm talking with my hands. Is that aggressive? Mm-hmm. I'm, my hair is brown. Is that, like, are they not taking me serious? My suit is a little bit more fitted than the guys next to me. Like, so how do y'all handle that as, like, a black male going into these different spaces? And, Rodney, your wheels look like the turn. I want to hear from you. Oh,
0: because, I mean, it just brought me back to 2016. When I was working with this insurance company, it was Life Insurance, and I was the only one in the office who was a manager. Mm-hmm. And my district manager came down and said, hey— we want you to be the face of the black people oh. literally said that mm. and i sat there because i you know i was going to stop him and say let me just hear what he's going to say he's going to try to fix this because sometimes they don't say things right he didn't ever fix it he said rotten you are just a black guy who just go out there and make and build report with our clients and they love you i they basically asked me to replace a guy who's been on this account for like 12 years and I was like, well, I don't think I do anything different. I just personable. Like, I I'm, not a, I'm not attracted by it. I don't care if you have 50 in your account, of you $50 in your account. If we have a conversation, you can be logical and real with me, and I can just mm-hmm. keep it real with you, and let's get these stats and numbers and tell you what you need to do. That's what I do. I keep everything like how I want to be treated. And he was like, well, we just need to be the back play. So they flew me out to Dallas, Texas, my first time ever going to Dallas. It was very Dallas is a very beautiful city, by the way. Um, back in 2016, and I just remember being the only black person there. And I felt like you felt like I went and I went to Macy's, I'm not gonna lie, and I probably spent like two thousand dollars on buying suits. And I was like, if I'm gonna go out here and be the black face, I was, I was already pissed off about them. So I'm gonna make sure they know that we are educated, we are yeah. here to be here, we are strong. And I went to that conference and I was intimidated because. You know I'm light skin. People think because light skin get in easier, you still the mm-hmm. black. You are still black. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. skin tone does not matter. When everybody's white, you light skin, dark skin, black, you're black. Yeah. They don't okay, what you see. And I was just nervous And this. Make sure I'm not like being so gay. You know, cause right. you know I'm just like <laughs> being so black. I just like I just want to go up there and like, I had to present as well. And when I left that company, came back to the company, um, my home office, I hired a lot of black people don't hire black people. And when I left that company, I promoted eight black people to my position. So mm-hmm. hopefully they're still there. I don't know. But like I made sure that I picked top black talent to show we're we're good. Right. We're just as good or better than y'all. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on us.
1: What about you, Michael? So um I guess like mine came a little bit easier growing up in Portland, Oregon, <laughs> just always around white people. Yeah. Um, but I'ma flip it because moving To the East Coast, you know, I always navigated spaces easily, very personal, like you mentioned, and can literally connect with anybody that I come in contact with. Um, So when I was working at Nordstrom, I was also a department manager, and I did what you did. I promoted all my black people because not only that they're black, but they were also hard workers. Mm -hmm. And y'all keep promoting all you know... Mediocre white talent. Keep yeah, it real. and, like, they not working as hard as my staff here. So, yes, I had to go in my store manager's office and, like, vouch for these people. Um, These amazing, talented people that actually got the work done versus why aren't you hiring this person or why didn't you... Do, well, they late all the time. This person is always on time. Right. This person stay late. They do anything I ask. This person give me kickback and don't want to do stuff, but... Y'all going to promote him or her because the color of their skin. So I think I navigate the space very well. It's just we do have to do a little bit more. We got to vouch for our people. Um, But for me, it just it kind of comes a little bit easy, but it does come hard too when I got to, you know, step up to the plate.
3: So, Solomon, I'm going to flip it for you. Do you think that in your field, in the career that you are, do you think you have to work? twice as hard as a black male to be successful than your white counterparts?
2: Yes, because number one, as a black therapist, as a black counselor, we're already unicorns. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not all that visible anyway. Um, And a lot of the people who are affected by mental health happen to be black males, black females. Um, And so I actually remember going to one of my first conferences and our organization was a sponsor, and so we actually had booths, and so it wasn't like you just had general admission; like you were, you were in there, and so I remember, at the time I was a clinical director, and I was early thirties, and I'm in this room. I'm looking young and surrounded by all <laughs> these older white people who have PhDs and and everything, and I, I have my masters and I have all these certifications, but. You're in a room full of PhDs. And so they're looking at my card and they're just like, clinical director. And I'm like, yes, yes. And so you have to just stand firm in who you are and what you have accomplished. Um, Granted, yes, I was intimidated. I was nervous. um, But then as soon as the clinical conversation started, I'm like, yeah, this conversation is different because you don't know us. Mm -hmm. You don't know how you like. I think counseling is one of those things where there's already that bail and, you know, people are used to. So how does that make you feel? But then I get into a room like. What? For real? Tell me more about that. And so the conversation, the feel is a lot different. Um, but, you know, I think navigating the space is for me I think this instinctual thing happens at first, mm-hmm. where as soon as you walk into a space, like you look for that other person, mm-hmm. you look for that other yeah. speck, that other spot, <laughs> that other person who looks like you. Um, and then when you find them, it's like, ooh, hope. There's this kind of excitement. Hopefully, that. Hopefully, they're kind of like you too. Um, they're your skin folk and your kin folk. Um, but because <laughs> sometimes they're not, baby. Because sometimes okay. they are not. Um, but then. But then, at the same time, when you don't find them, then you're just like, for me, it's like, all right, let me, let me, let me show up in this space. Uh-huh. Like I have to own it at this point.
0: I don't want to share one thing too, because shout out to Martha. Martha know who she is. She was the hey, only Martha. white lady in Dallas who made me feel welcome. Made sure I had a good time. I guess she saw the look on my face, and we're still friends to this day. And see, now I'll say aging doing wonderful, and. Martha you know I love you She watched the show too So shout okay. out to you Martha
3: Shout, <laughs> out, to, shout <laughs> out to Martha Listen Everybody needs A Martha in their corner <laughs> oh Because you go into those spaces And I think everyone Says something important But what you said Was like You have to You have an instinct moment mm-hmm. And it's very quick And if you don't realize it You're like you, want, you wouldn't actually realize You have an instinct moment It's like Almost like fight or flight And then after that You have to realize Like I have to own this space mm-hmm. I have to walk in this space And when I leave I need everybody to be like I'm that girl bitch nigga whatever you want to be that day depending on how high your pumps is mm-hmm. so as far as like going into those spaces let's take it a little bit further gay space gay faces in straight places do you guys ever feel the need to code switch when you're at work when you're around your friends when you're around your family if you're not familiar with code switching you're going from hey girl to like what's up bro like switch your lingo you're not using so many terms
0: I am who you see right now at work. Mm, I like There's that. probably more professional, even though know I mean, I ain't gonna be so slangish around stuff. But, like, I guess why my people at my job kind of love me because, like, I'm the type <laughs> of manager <laughs> who I'm not all about. I work with people because mm. I was once an employee. I was once, more like, why do I manager? my manager talking about my fucking metrics? What about me? What about have you asked me how my day is going? Have you just asked me about. What can make my process easier? Because you be so much removed from whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't even worked a, a regular file in over eight years, you've been management eight years, you are removed for a long time. And you so used to, what's your upper management have? Because managers do work too. People don't believe it, but we work, y'all. We have people coming down our ass too for upper mm-hmm. management saying shit to us past year, okay? So, <laughs> so we'll put that out there. But it's it's. I guess I've been gay for so long. I don't do that. I don't I'm just me like I don't make my voice deep anymore I used to do that I used to be that guy to go hey y'all hey y'all I'm Rodney if you don't like Rodney then you don't need Rodney
3: in your life yeah I think like <laughs> I used to code switch when I first like got into corporate America mm-hmm. but I think code switching hindered me because people couldn't see the real me like you said you have to depend on what industry you're in like I was in public health consulting for a long time and you have to be personable because one day you might be working with the, C, the CMO and one day you're working with a nurse. And it's like, mm-hmm. if they don't see like a real person there, you lose the connection. You do. So code switching for a long time was like, people were like, oh, he's so serious. Like, why is he not fun? But then after work, they're like, whoa. So then it almost made it seem like I had two faces. So when I was like, let me stop code switching, be yourself, mm-hmm. it made me more successful at work. Don't
2: it? I would say for me during my internship, um, so many many years ago, um, I presented as a straight male. Don't I, feel bad. I, I did
1: say what? That's no, said, so don't feel bad. I think I you're right down <laughs> um, but that. that was my, I felt bad.
3: That was just my story. And um, then after, after <laughs> said this is my story. This is my
2: song. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and so after I graduated and I got hired on, like I walked into my supervisor's office, it was like. Because so, during my entire internship, like I was single. And then I walked into the uh supervisor's office and was like she was like, How's your break? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, It was great. I'm dating somebody and she was like, Good for you and I was like, It's a guy and she was like oh, And she stood up and hugged me. She was like, welcome to your truth. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't in a a shady kind of thing. Because, you know, this was a a counseling experience. And she was like, Mm -hmm. you can't do this job without being truthful. And so now that I'm years beyond and I'm creating spaces, um, like my CEO is phenomenal. Um, And we have created a safe space for Black individuals, LGBTQ plus individuals, um, to the point where like one of my, um, she's now becoming a, an assessor. She's joining our clinical team. She was admin. But every other, she was like, girl, girl. And I'm just, I just look at her and be like, I'm glad we have this. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. glad we have this here. Nice. Um, and like she feels safe enough to be herself. And she identifies that, hey, I'm, I'm a safe space mm-hmm. for her. Um, back in the day, I probably would have been like, might want to check that,
3: sweetie. Come talk, to, come to my office. <laughs> Let me <talk> to you.
2: <laughs> but now I'm just like, you know, and I think that's another part of this conversation. Like, when you have the power to create a safe space, mm-hmm. you have to do it.
3: Have to, you need to.
0: That's you owe it very to like important. those
2: before you and the ones that are coming after you, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you but you owe it to yourself, for sure. Mm. Yeah, because we didn't have it. I'm gonna we say this
0: though, I feel it. like we didn't touch this, is gonna be said it's because you black, baby, don't be, I'm going to hire you. You got to have talent. Okay. True. <laughs> True. I had to personal. tell some black people, no. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they cussed me. I'm like, baby, but you're always late. you never here on time. I got to tell you do things eight times. They're going to put my name on you? No.
3: <laughs> I got to take a page out of your book. Shout out to my first, so the first supervisor, I worked at a minority health coalition in Indiana. And the first supervisor I had, he was a black gay male. Mm-hmm. And like, we never had the conversation that we were both like black and gay. And when I tell you it was the best internship I ever had, his name was Tony. He's like the senior director now. So shout out to Tony because he made like a safe space for me and several other interns that were at PWIs in like a master's of public health program that is typically dominated by white women. So mm-hmm. shout out to Tony. I had to take a page out your book.
2: Yeah. Look, there's too many people for me to shout out. <laughs> there's way too you many. You got many to make
3: a list when you get your
2: Oscar. Okay. hmm. <laughs>
0: This shot the first name you think. About. Manetta Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, that, was, yes. that,
2: was, that was my. Uh, <laughs> that is my supervisor for life. Um, I have other supervisors who have been impactful, but this is the person who is like, like essentially, like allowed me to bloom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
3: Marco, run us a name.
2: Um, I'm sorry, um, Doctor Manetta Sinclair. Put
1: it some did. respect yeah.
2: on. She uh, earned <laughs> that, baby.
3: That's the first time she heard it, She said, "What'd you
2: say?"
3: Good <laughs> she she like, morning. I (laughs) don't (laughs) hear
1: y'all. Carvin Carter. Um, He was my first manager at Nordstrom. uh, Living in D.C., just exploring this whole new culture of being black and gay and moving from the West Coast to the East Coast. And um, he just took me in with all arms. It was like, yo, you're going to follow me around and I'm going to teach you the ropes. And he promoted me first. And helped me get up the ladder and then when i got to where i wanted he chucked the deuces on the company so uh, i got a shout out to him because without him i probably would never have had no career with Nordstrom. okay oh, wow. mm-hmm. i like that and if y'all if y'all didn't help the openers
3: y'all helped me today i think it was very it's like a good conversation to always hear that other black professional males have shared the same struggle mm-hmm. so
2: i appreciate y'all today awesome. that was a good segment these yeah. both segments are really good <laughs> So I guess that's gonna transition us into our, <laughs> our menage de trois. And it's a good transition because we get to ask that question like, what drives you to be successful? Um and so we've we have been having these conversations for a while now, um, behind the scenes. Um we are all black male professionals, and um it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. And He's so Um, And also considering that, you know, we have professional spaces and personal spaces and they sometimes collide. Mm. Um, And so what, number one, what does it, what drives you to be successful? Um, But to answer that question, let's first identify what does it mean to be successful to you? For me, um, I think success, well, I know, I know success um, has a monetary value to it. Um, It has a lifestyle value to it, but at the end of the day um, It is defined by my happiness Mm -hmm. Uh, When I go to bed at night if if I am at peace with all the decisions that I've made then I'm good
3: I don't have nothing to add to that. I think that, well, I guess I do have something to add. (laughs) I used to chase the money. That was Mm -hmm. my thing. I was always chasing money. I left grad school and was like, I'm going to get this money. I'm going to get this money. I'm going to get this money. And then I realized like money is not directly tied to my happiness. For some Mm -hmm. people, it's tied to their happiness. But for me, I'm with Solomon. When I go to sleep at night, am I happy with every decision I made? When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be anxious to go to work. Like if I am, I'm not happy. So success to me is tied to happiness and the lifestyle that I can live.
0: I would say life, and afford the life, so I want to live, and just be being impactful. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's really big for me with my company now. I guess I'm too impactful for some reason, because y'all know why. I'm not going <laughs> to share. But, like, just being, making my mark, like, he's leaving a legacy. Somebody can say, you know what? Rodney helped me get here. He's mm-hmm. out doing whatever else, but I know my manager, Rodney, had my back. I promoted, and they paying it for it. They're going to create a legacy. If that mm-hmm. makes sense? Yeah. Like, you are creating a legacy now. Mm-hmm. Your person helps you now. You're like going to remember yeah. that. And they remember that black person who took the time to say, hey, I see what's in you. They don't. Let's work towards this. Let's see how we can train and bring that the best out of you.
1: So, I would just say, yeah, leave a legacy. That's mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to piggyback on you. Uh, leaving my path, working in the financial world, as you guys know, most... A lot of us don't really know how to manage money. We don't know how to manage bank accounts, overdraft fees, all that. So whenever somebody that looks like me or have the same skin tone as me comes in my office, I try to give them as much information as they want to take from me. Yeah. Because, one, you're in here, so you might as well get this free knowledge. I don't care. I mean, I do care about the company that I work for, but right now it's us. Close my yeah. door, let's talk. Um, your credit score is this. This is how you can do this. These people outside this door, they're not going to tell you that. They're going to have you apply for these cards, do these loans, and you're going to swim yourself in debt. So Maybe. I get so many clients coming back and telling me thank you and sending me gifts of just little things that I think is just... Is, it's literally free knowledge. Everything that I learned is from Google. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they... People don't have time to do, I mean, we do have time to Google, but people don't want to take the time to Google and learn how to build your credit and do all the things to make you successful. And a lot of people don't know what
2: to Google because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a ton of information out there, but if you don't know where to start, then it can be very overwhelming. Um, and so do you think that your drive is more internal or external? And I've had to sit with this question for a while because I remember I had this conversation with my mom and... I kind of confronted her. I kind of was like, because I grew up as a military kid. My, my dad was military. My mom was police. And so there was a lot of structure growing up. And, there, of course, they were, um, they had expectations for us to get educations and to get into careers and all that other good stuff. And so when I was having this conversation with her, I was like, you guys put a lot of pressure on us. And she was like, no, we didn't. She was like, absolutely not. She was like, you got your first B and you cried. And I was like, what? And she was like, no, because so-and-so got Fs and they were okay. And I was like, hmm. And she was like, that was all you. She was like, you always had it in you. And so like, I had to sit with that for a while. And like, I've always had this drive to be successful. Um, And do you think that that drive to be successful has something to do with, like, your sexual identity? Um, and do you also think that um, it could also be tied to maybe um, just this idea or this bigger picture for yourself?
0: Oh, my God, I want to get emotional, Ooh. but I might <laughs> will. Um, I am. is a safe space. Um... Being from Mississippi, seeing my family um, go through a lot, being black back in Mississippi, people think it's just all about country, but they really went through a lot of segregation, being terrorized, um, and a lot of this trauma. And I remember my great grandmother had a store, like was one of first black stores in Gulfport, like one of like this. It was a lot of them. And I remember people, when I went to her funeral, I didn't know how impactful my great-grandmother was. And so people up and said, Maddie was like the store that we had to go to. We felt safe. Mm. Not like feeling like we're going to get robbed or beat up. And it was like back in the 1950s and people were still living in like their grandkids. And I was like, wow. Like, you never know that small business that might be small to these corporate cor- corporations. But like, that's to see. C- community come be like, you made me feel safe. You made right. me feel like I can come and shop and not really worry about things. That's that's heavy on you. You have a legacy of families who own things and they was prideful about it. Even my grandmother owned a business. My mom owned a business now. My sister owned a business now. And it's just, he'll of weight. And And um, I have a brother who's older than me who's going through cancer. He took a path of the street life and things like that. And I really feel like I went home and it's really beating him up that he felt like he might die. Um, I don't know. I don't want to claim that, but I don't. It just hurt my heart. He felt he wasn't. His he didn't do his full potential.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And my brother told me, and I was I was pondering upon it. He was like, Rodney, I just time so feel like you don't give a fuck about us. And I was like, Why would you say that? Because um, I'm always going home, and some you know I go home mm-hmm. like a lot. And I was just like, man, let's talk about that because I want to make sure if you were, and I said, if you were to die, I don't want to feel like I wasn't reachable to you. Yeah. I was like, man, and I said, you was always in jail. What could I have learned? you like, you're my oldest brother. I said, you have been in jail most of my life growing up. I'm now in my thirties. We can't go back. What we can do moving forward. You know what I'm saying? And like, he told me like, I'm just proud of you. He's just like, sometimes I want to just have a phone. So man, the phone worked two ways. So now we're making our business now. To talk at least three times a week, we wasn't doing that. I'm not saying I didn't love my brother. Mm-hmm. I I was just more attached to my sister. Keisha, mm-hmm. it's like six, it's it's six hours. It's five, it's six all. It's six all together. I want to talk to like one every day. And it's my sister, my little brother takes me every now and then. And I'm like, cause I don't love you, I don't want you to feel like I don't ever love you. I said, man, like I do love you, you know. And I just want you to make sure that if you were to go, like I don't want you to die with that. and I don't want to die with And I might die before you. Never know, and. It just really made me think about like, you know what, I don't call all my siblings. I don't call my cousins. You know, they see me and they think I'm this this hot shit in land. They don't know child be going through it. Okay. <laughs> nice. But they just, but back home they're like, oh, my cousin on TV, my cousin got this, you got this. I'm just like, child, sometimes <laughs> it ain't what it is, sis. Okay. <laughs> <are you> <laughs> so I'm making it my business now to like I we, we created like a family group chat on Facebook and we make sure that we talk. Throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I might can't call you, but hey, good morning, child, what's going on? So I just think it's very big to, like, know where you come from mm-hmm. and just be true to who you are. Because mm-hmm. wherever you go, people going to know where you, if you come from that background, you're going to shine bright whatever you do.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think piggybacking <laughs> off of that, mine is... Whew right <laughs> okay. mine is uh internal and external i think internal like my mom had always told me like you wanted to be a leader like you wanted to do this i don't have to make you do it but it was also external because coming from a town where like black males don't leave they don't mm-hmm. graduate high school like i'm the only grandchild that has a high school diploma well grandson that has a high school diploma the oh, rest wow. of them don't have any they have like GEDs and things like that and knowing like <clears throat> what my mom went through growing up with like her parents and things like that And it's, um, as you said, it's important to know where you come from because a lot of times we don't talk to our parents about their trauma Mm -hmm. and we're just understanding, wow, like my mom is hard on me. Like, why is my mom so hard on me? Like, but looking back on it, like there was trauma that my mom had that she was like, I don't want you as my son to face this. So I'm going to make sure that I stay on you and like. Everybody else can stay out when the street lights is out, but street lights is on, but you're going to come home. So I think it was, I had internal drive, but my mom had to keep me on a path externally to make sure like, I'm not going to allow you to do something that's going to fuck up your future later. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be successful because I want you to have more than I had. And I want my grandchildren to have more than they, more than you had growing up, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like me and my sister, It was very, we used to be like, why is she so mean to us? Why is she so strict? But now we are like best friends with my mom. And it's like, wow, you did this because you had to, you know? So I think sometimes it is internal, but at the same time, I do at some point sometimes feel indebted to my mom, like because she took a lot of sacrifices Mm -hmm. when her and my dad split up to like take us and like raise us. And me and my sister are both successful. So I think it's internal and external. And I think also you kind of touched on sexuality. I think surrounding myself when I first started. Um, surrounding myself with gay males, I realized like, wow, they're like successful, mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing, and they yes. know what they're talking about, and I like that because it made me step my game up. It was right. like doing the bare minimum
1: is not going to get you by, you know right. what I mean? So, yeah. Um. So currently, mine is internal, but a few years ago, mine used to be external. I used to be a people pleaser to my family. Um, even like graduating from high school and trying the whole college thing mm-hmm. out. Like, just doing it for my family so I can be the first graduate and do all this. And I took a stand with myself just, you know, like, this is not the path that I want for myself. And to piggyback on what you say, like, my family thing, I live in Atlanta, you know, been on set with certain people and, you know, doing the things of the things. And they're like, oh, you living good down there. I mean, it's all right, but y'all only see half of the struggle that we go through in Atlanta. Exactly. Like we're driving all day, we're at work, we're waking up we're waking up at six AM, not going to sleep till eleven, like lonely nights of just no one to talk to. Like it's it's a burden, like, yeah. for me. Not speaking for y'all. Um So yeah, doing all this right now is just internal.
2: Yeah, for me, um, I think I can touch on every aspect Um, because like I remember sitting with my great aunt and my great uncle and they're not too much older than my dad and they all went to the same high school and I remember them having a conversation about um, (laughs) let's see if I get emotional so uh, my great aunt was like oh yeah you were you were a skinny little thing in high school and just so scrawny so small he was like, yeah that's cuz I didn't eat and she was like don't say that and he was like no it's true, because if it wasn't for y'all, sometimes I wouldn't have eaten. Um, and so then they went through this whole history that I had no idea about. And he went, he talked about graduating from high school and going into the military and then being in, like, the foxhole with, you know, these privileged white kids who also went into the military. And they were crying and because they were starving. And they were, you know, and he was like, well, shit, that ain't nothing new for me. So... Uh, and then, you know, him making it his way through the ranks. And I also remember my mother having a conversation with me about my dad and talking about how defiant and resilient he was, even with his commanders. She was like, one time he cussed his commander out um, and basically was like, if you want to do this fucking job, do it your goddamn self. And da, 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 da. and she was like, whoa, what the hell happened? And then next thing you know, he he had his post. And so I'm listening to these stories, and I'm just like, I'm looking at this man with new eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This man who, because of my sexuality, I hid myself from. And I hid myself from other people. And I think that also went into this I'm-not-enoughness. And so like I had this script going on in the background. And so... Like when I graduated from college I or from undergrad, I graduated with two degrees. And then, um, you know, I go into other fields and I, I do more than what's expected because I didn't have I didn't believe that I was enough. And then, um, you know, going through therapy and doing my work, I'm I have everything that I need. Um, I don't have to do more than and, you know, I think as black individuals, uh, we're conditioned to believe that we have to be twice as good or better than um to get ahead and yes maybe that is true especially because of our society um but at the same time damn like i remember being maybe five or however old i was i was young and my dad was like you know who you are and i was like solomon and he was like you are the son of reuben stretch you're great You are Hmm. already great. And I, like, that has been embedded in me, but that was also tied to him. Mm -hmm. And so when I grew up, I had to find my own identity. And I had to find my own greatness. Um, And so that's what I've been out here doing, just living and finding my own greatness. Well, let me Mm -hmm. think about that, because I'm named Mm
0: -hmm. after my father. (laughs) And I just never knew why he had two other boys, and that's a big name to live under your father's name. And people call you Lil Rodney. Oh, your dad was this, your dad is that, da da, da da And I was like, Lord Jesus. And like how you said, like your mom was treating my dad. I don't know, I guess because the uh, the first one, did, did it do right. For me, it does say he was on our ass. And now I appreciate that because when I apply for jobs, I didn't lie about my degree. And I don't have to think of my background. So yeah, if i was yeah. about two weeks in, I can't and go get a new job because I don't have anything to hide <laughs> baby I'm I, I living by truth but people like you ain't gonna work I said I don't baby I don't worry about no background check and when it comes to grandma's stuff I don't have a criminal history sweetie mm. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to daddy so I want to shout out my dad for that because now when you're little you don't understand like I can't do shit
3: Right? I can't like, go well, to I can't, I can't go to right.
0: but baby when I pop a job I'm like oh shit that's alright Two weeks in, I'm quitting, baby. <laughs>
3: Listen, ain't got to worry about, can I get this car or not? No, I can get it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I think yeah. it's important you um, touched on something that I remember, like, my mom and, like, my aunts, my dad, everybody done it. Our family has this thing that we hype each other up. Mm-hmm. So it's always been, like, I look around and I see other people searching for validation amongst community and amongst other people. But I'm like, thankful that my family always validated us. Like, walking Mm. around my aunt, be like, you my fine nephew, you fine. And I know (laughs) we find it funny, we be laughing. I'm like, girl, stop playing. But... In my mind, I walk in rooms and be like, bitch, I'm fine. Or, like, my mom being like, you so smart. Like, you you know what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. going into job interviews and I'm scared. And my mom like, why? Why are you scared? Go in there, smile, talk. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, validation from your parents is very important. So, when you said that and, you're like, you said that about your dad, my heart was like, because mm-hmm. that's important. Like, that is a lot of people don't yeah, yeah. get that from home. And when you come to Atlanta... And a lot of people are here by themselves. They don't have family Boy. here. They're looking for validation. It makes them do strange things mm-hmm. just to get a little bit of validation. So shout out to parents that are validating Stay their children. Stay strange a of <laughs>
2: And so lastly, I was having this conversation with a doctor who I used to work with. A black woman, degreed up, right? Uh, So she started with her um, certifications, she then got an associate's, then she got bachelor's, master's, she got her doctorate's, and then she was like, now I want to teach here, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I was just sitting there, looking at her, and she's young, and I was like, when is enough enough? And, you know, we we get to this space where we may be... uh, we may present as successful. In our heads, we still probably want more. Um, but you know, have you ever have you gotten to a place where like I think I'm I think I'm done.
0: Maybe when I graduated by my bachelor's. <laughs> 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 and my cousins was like getting your mask. I said, Hell no. Yeah. I said, Enough <laughs> is enough. Like, I think I should have started, already, but like my uncle has a best friend who literally has Five bachelor's degrees, I think three masters and probably two doctorates, and still in school. Mm. And I'm just what? like, and he actually said, What are you doing this for? And she was like, I come from a family who's not educated, mm-hmm. they have anything. So she's like, I just want to get everything I can. Because you're really smart. She's a smart, I actually had a conversation where she's like beyond smart. It's kind of like freaky weird how intelligent this lady is. Like, I feel like she should be doing something what she's doing now. But I feel like when you're not being impactful to others, that's when you're not doing it like you're doing too much. Mm. Yeah, can you get five doctorates because you're that smart? But what are you doing with it? If you have something on the wall, are you working in that field? Are you being impactful? Are you paying it for it to somebody else? If you're not, you're just wasting space. Mm. To me, I don't understand. Like, if you have a degree on your wall, you can say, in this degree, I did this, I did this, then that's cute. You have a family tree under it. If you have no family tree under your degree, you just. Collecting knowledge is not being, It's not sharing it. So what are you doing it for?
3: I don't think I've gotten to the point that I'm like, oh, it's enough. Mm -hmm. I think, um, and it's probably something internal Mm -hmm. because I always want to be redefining myself. I don't want to be the same person always. Mm -hmm. I always feel like I should be recreating myself, doing something bigger. So there's like a fine line between Knowing when I'm doing enough And when I'm doing too much So like two weeks ago When I was like I need to be in the house this weekend I was doing too much Like I had too much going on So I think um, Professionally and personally You intrinsically feel it When you've done Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. But at the same time If you're an ambitious person Or you're just like A natural hustler You have to Know when to stop Because doing too much Can like Transfer into other parts of your Like your mental health Your physical health Like Exhaustion is real And it will have you feeling like You're about to fall over and die So you have to really (laughs) It's something you have to grasp internally, which I can say, honestly, I'm still working through it because there are some times where I'm like, okay, I could be doing this. Like, I, I, I slept like four hours last night. So like, Let me get up at four o'clock and start doing this when it's really like, no, take your ass to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, lay in the bed a little bit uh, longer. Like, the gym is going to be there. Like, right. so it's an internal struggle for me, but I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, it's enough.
1: I, too, have not gotten to the point where enough is enough. Um... Well, relationship-wise, I've just decided I'm just done with it currently. But, like, personally, like, it's a me season. Like, um, what did Issa Rae say? Like, it's it's me season. It's mm-hmm. me time. Like, I'm focusing on me. I'm doing the things that I love. I'm going to travel. I'm going to focus. And, you know, if it makes me happy. Because, you know, I've been through a lot. I've lived in five different states. I'm tired of moving. um, tired of dating niggas and, and not working. And it's just like... Okay, Marco. This is just time to focus on you and do the things that you love and what you want to do. I love that. That really mm-hmm. just
3: made me happy. Like, <laughs> I like black men deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. So, what you saying? Like, I'm about to focus on what makes me happy. I love it. Best feeling in the world, child.
0: <laughs> and I want to say something real quick. Cause I have a manager. She's black. Mm-hmm. And Miss Mama's <laughs> be working on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Be up at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, I said, so and so. You sent this at twelve or five in the morning, and you at work at seven. Why are you up? I said, do you not? And I feel like she be trying to press these others, others, and girl, they don't even really like her like that. That's I will a make a part. PSA
3: that I had a mentor tell me. Tony told me this, I believe, and the exact words were, "Shazam." If your ass, he didn't say your ass. So let me say I'm going to say this because Tony didn't say ass, <laughs> and I do that to him. But I always tell people, I have like mentees that um, are in the Masters public, the of Public Health program I was in. I always tell them when they're starting to overwork themselves and everything else. Or I tell like anybody who's reported to me, listen, if your ass died tomorrow, I have to post your role and fill it. And it'll probably be done before your mom finishes your obituary. So please do not overwork yourself. Mm-hmm. Do not have yourself exhausted. And I had to get to that point because I would be like, okay, I got to make sure I'm ahead. So when I step into the meeting tomorrow, I no, because guess what? If I fall over trying to walk from the bathroom, sleepwalking, trying to go to the bathroom and fall over and die. Y'all going to send a little ugly flower to my mama and say our condolences and keep on moving. And somebody's going to fill my role. Well, right. So whoever it is that's listening, you overworking yourself, stop it. Please, please do. stop. <laughs> But, Just, you, uh-huh.
2: but you know that goes back to what you were saying earlier, Rodney, about being present. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know how we do anything is how we do all things, and so when we're talking about being present in relationships, like we have a relationship with our job, and you can't fully be present. Uh, well, well, fortunately, because you know they pay you. Um, maybe. Uh, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I you can't chase you know, the no money. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. You did say that. But you know you can't. You can't truly and fully be present in your job when you are busy, people pleasing, and doing all these other things and being up early in the morning Tired. and yes. doing way too much. Like if you're doing way too much, how are you really doing your job? I, I've done that before. Like I've been in a position where um, I was doing most of everything on my plate and picking up the stack of other people and I was exhausted. What I was telling? I was done.
3: Yeah. yeah. As I minister to myself, <laughs> I
2: minister to you. Wait a minute, hold on. I thought Rodney was about to have a song. Hold on. She was
0: like, supposed <laughs> to encourage
1: yourself.
0: Song Towns W. Have to incur. I am so weak. You're going to listen to that on the way home now. <laughs> That's a good song. ain't it? <laughs> Donald
3: Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers. If y'all don't know, get into it. Ooh, we all and to and be you're going to be laying on your face.
0: <laughs> baby, when I tell y'all, because that was a good point, because baby, if you was to die, they're going to send you some good old $25 gift cards and a... A good card of
3: condones. They're going to have your post in the next okay. week. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and not check on your mama and your daddy two weeks later. They're going to
0: send all the the children us, that a you love little flower. Okay. Okay. Kind <laughs> um, of overwork yourself.
2: But for me, um, <laughs> is enough enough? Um, yes and no. So I'm in this space where, like, I still want other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I have an interest in tech and I have an interest in all kinds of other stuff. Um, but then over here like back in 2018 ish 2017 18 like I had started a doctoral program in, um, uh, I think it was neuroscience and I was going through the curriculum and at one point I was just like why am I doing this how is this any different than what I'm already doing um, yes I would have a doctorate yes I could probably write a book yes I could probably teach yes I could probably do all these things but I've taught before Um, and then like, you know, I, there are certifications and licensures that I can get, but then I was like, that's what people chase to get where I am. Like, I've already been clinical director. I'm currently executive director. Like I'm, and I've done it with what I have. And so do I need more to get here? And so, so these are like some of the questions that I've been asking myself over the past couple of years. Um, and so now it's like so now that I am here and this is what I have what could I get that could make me expand like mm, where could we exactly. go from there as opposed to like I don't need to necessarily go up I want to extend my reach
0: I love that oh my god this has been such an impactful conversation
3: <laughs> before we <laughs> close there was one quote that I don't know where it's from but it says like you have everything in you to be successful you just have to do it mm-hmm. so I think a lot of us forget that like everything that we need to like really be successful that's all for all the desires in our heart like we have it mm-hmm. so it's just like you gotta act on it gotta move that anxiety out the way move them societal pressures but yes this convo has been good y'all didn't help me
0: yeah so now we're on left on red so hopefully openers y'all be impactful encouraging to each other yes Ooh. and baby <laughs> be true to who you, you are who got that they gave us for pride y'all remember they had this best friend of Kate he said, it's Pride Month. He said, be oh, true yeah. to who you are. Post in the group chat. I, I, I will. I'll holler time. when I see every it. Every time it's Pride Month, I'm like, happy Pride gay bitch. <laughs> 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 it's so cute, though. But I love it. It's like, be true to who you are. But mm-hmm. all right, you guys. We are now on Left on Red. And how you can do that, open it. You can actually go to our website at OpenListurePodcast.com Or you can email us at, email us At Gmail.com. Okay so for what I love the openers This is what it reads What's up fellas I need some advice My homegirl called and asked me Do I think her man is gay Because he asked to be strapped for What hold on Let me read over My homegirl called and asked me Do I think her man is gay because he asked Her to strap him more than Once she thought it would be a once in a while thing. Now here's a question: of Scrap every time they have sex. I paused because I want to consider myself a liberated woman when it pertains to sex. However, I was complex about how to respond. I asked her, "Does this make him moan? differently when with the strap." True replied, "Hell yeah! <laughs> Since y'all are gay men." <laughs> Girl. A Do you think first it's gay <laughs> for a man to be strapped <laughs> I'm only by
3: his woman? I'm gonna tap in uh, here. So <laughs> hey, open a girl. Since we all gay okay. But um, I think this is very interesting. So, first topic is first point is that we are seeing an era where a lot of straight men are starting to play in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're seeing it on Twitter, and I'm gonna just Four. put it out there for money, whatever, they're going to be playing in their butt. Like, people want to see that, males and females, let's be clear. But I think a lot of people need to understand the human anatomy, understand that the male G-spot is in the butt. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think that makes him gay. I think he is exploring his sexuality. He is not sleeping with a man. He is sleeping with a woman. To be gay, in my eyes, you have to be sleeping with a man.
1: Correct. Even
3: strap is uh, shaped
0: like a penis. It's still... She's hitting
1: no. his G spot. I I mean I enjoy those videos on Twitter. So um I me don't think too. he's gay. I think The Strapping
0: just, videos? Yeah. I me
1: love
3: them. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite porn, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you
1: know, take, oh, yeah, take that. You better arch that man. Um I don't think he's gay. Um, I just think he's exploring his sexuality and I think where the arrow like makes a left turn is when you know the conversation leaves the bedroom and go to the group chats and the friends and the mm-hmm. socials and yeah. things like that cause then it's like you got your homegirl in your ear well that nigga gay and I don't know why you're doing it. well if he likes it and y'all are comfortable doing it together I don't see a problem right and according I to the a group good chat, verse straight man can't even go to brunch so uh, okay right. or smoke a hookah smoke a blunt together I mean, he's probably miserable being straight uh, uh, what I'm a hookah. but <laughs> is the thing <laughs> And th- but it's not gay for them to sag their pants and show their colorful underwear. Girl, thank you. Because you p- you picked out <laughs> these pink bright ass underwear, but you got all black on. Don't look at my ass, bro.
0: What well, what am I supposed to do?
1: Right, right? <laughs> it's, it's, and it's bad. I <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of nerve. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> Solomon is he gay? I know because
0: Solomon look quiet.
2: No, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was I was replaying some of those two minute videos that, that we were talking about. Oh. Um. <laughs> But what I want to know is, like, because we, we're calling her homegirl. So I want to know how homegirl feels about it because she's the one who's doing the strapping, right? And so, like, is she coming to you with complaints? Is she coming to you with, like, like this is presented as a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, not coming, it's not presented as a complaint. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know, like, while she's engaging in strapping or pegging her man, like, is she enjoying it as well? Mm. Um, like that I think that's a, a part an important part of the conversation and number two I agree with you um, This it doesn't have a place in a in a group chat it doesn't have a place e- or I mean even if it's not a group chat and this is just her confiding in her friend um, like if you are happy with your man and, and y'all sex life is healthy mm-hmm. and is strong and like you're talking about you thought it was once in a while but this is all the time like there's a lot of people who are not having sex all the time and y'all y'all fucking down. He fucking you down, you fucking him down. Like y'all are doing this frequently. That's that sounds like a healthy sex life to me.
3: Healthy sex I life, think... but I have I add a question. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Since we all gay, as the opener said. <laughs> well, is he cleaning out before she pack him?
0: Well she ain't complain about no mess. Right. <laughs> see, so,
2: this is,
1: so this is to that point,
2: not the cleaning out point, but like I would like to know, since she said since y'all are gay men, like How would you present this to heterosexual men? How would you present this to straight
0: men? Because
2: that would be—I mean—that would definitely be a different perspective, right? And so we're we're seeing a lot of conversation with heterosexual men talking about they like their ass ate. Uh, Yep. Um, And we see a lot of conversation with heterosexual men talking about they like to be pegged as well. Mm -hmm. But it would be a different perspective if you approach straight men with the same conversation.
0: I'm gonna say this. Um, I don't think it's gay. I think she's probably feeling insecure because he's moaning more with the strap than him penetrating, penetrating her, her vagina. Hand. Yeah. But again, like Shazam said, our G spots literally in our ass. <laughs> we can't help it. Cause baby, when you never <laughs> if you never been touched by the G spot, baby, because I was a top back in my day. Have y'all saw that video on the other <laughs> one? She's like, just a touch. <laughs> A snapping turla. <laughs> Look at them, And, babe, when I saw that snapping turla, oh, he entered the mountain of uh, the fountain of youth. Ooh. I was singing praises Ooh. to his name.
3: The fountain of Shazam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but when I tell you that when you hit that spot and you're comfortable and you never touched that spot before, mm. it's a different feel. I'm sorry. That's why I'm versed to this day. Sorry to the Bob's Life. I, I would also <laughs> challenge Homegirl
3: to. I would challenge Homegirl to be supportive of her friend's mm-hmm. sexual health, yeah. and if your friend is comfortable coming to you about this, because this is a sensitive topic, yeah, especially amongst um, women. So if she's comfortable, support her in that, and baby, maybe you should try it. Don't yuck nobody's yum. Mm-hmm. Your man might like it too.
0: Exactly. Is ever had
1: your booty play with?
0: All right. Well <laughs> Well, Miss um, Homegirl, the gays has spoken. <laughs> As they say. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope uh honestly like uh, sure, don't judge your homegirl. that's yeah. be a there's sometime just be there. Right. And be um, present. Be present.
2: That sounds like episode name, baby. But also think about this, you know, uh, real quick, like some men they nut once and they done. But then you get that um prostate stimulated and then you have those multiple orgasms and then on going but all right y'all thank you openers for coming and, jo- and joining the four of us as we swallow hard topics and spit difference of opinions
0: all right guys see you next week oh, <laughs>